The Lynn Group Advisors, LLC, is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Centers for Disease Control and or any other government agency. This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield, the host of The Wealth Puzzle. And always, we've got Tony Shore, other host of The Wealth Puzzle here. But uh, thanks for joining us, Tony. As always, my friend, it's good to see you. It's good to have you here. Um, I guess I don't see you anymore since we do these from afar at the moment, <laughs> since we're all hiding in our basements of yeah. sorts. Yeah. But hey, it's good to hear you. Yeah, it's good to hear you too. Um, it's been a, a crazy one again with all the new COVID numbers coming in and people wondering, are we getting back to work? Are they going to reopen the country here at some point? Uh, so right. there is a lot to talk about unemployment sure. numbers. Things are kind of crazy out there, but yeah, other than that, I'm doing good, you know, still hunkered down here in my home office, my home studio yeah. with the family and the pets. You know, we have three cats, a rabbit and a dog. Plus Yikes. the three kids and my wife Yikes. and I. So Yikes. we're all enjoying life here. How about you? How have you Family been? Circus. Good, good. You know, it's um, obviously we had a little bit of heat lately here. So, you know, everybody wanted to sneak to the beach. And so it's funny watching the news and, you know, they've closed all the parking lots and everybody's going crazy. They want to be down by the water, which is funny. But I did hear a story that I thought was interesting. So. Uh, I heard that uh, someone my wife knew was up by Carpinteria Beach swimming and some off-duty lifeguard came up to them real slowly and said, hey, don't panic. A great white shark is circling you. You need to move in slowly right now. <laughs> and a, oh, no. and a, they said a helicopter came in and they could see the fin out of the water like Jaws. No. And there was like a 10-foot great white uh, swimming around right Oh my oh, goodness. goodness. That's what you get for breaking quarantine. Yeah, that's uh that's NG right there. That's no uh, good. Yeah, so that was a quite a story. So there's your, you know, everyone wants to get back to the beach weather. But you're right. It's 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 weird watching the numbers and watching the information. It's even weird watching the evolu- evolution of news, right? A couple months ago, it's all this a coronavirus crisis, which is, it's always a coronavirus crisis on the news, yep, but it's now always. evolved to now this massive debate about who gets to go to work. When does the economy reopen? Why aren't the numbers more and blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's, uh, it never ends, Tony, man. It is exhausting turning on the old interweb and the TV and reading this stuff. Um, I, I found it amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I got CNBC on right now on the TV and I can see it over there. No matter what I ever look at, Tony, Everything says breaking news. Everything's breaking news. And every story that's regurgitated on the hour is breaking news of the same story from the last hour. And it's just, <laughs> I, I'm, I have to admit, man, I'm burnt out on breaking news. Yeah, you, you and me both. I think we all are. I, I mean, it, it's gotten kind of crazy out there uh, yeah. with all this. I mean, it's just goofy. 
That's uh, crazy. Yeah. So when's no. it all going to end? Uh, you know, well, is the question, are we, it sounds like they're going to gradually get back into it. Right. Well, they're working on it, but you, you hear all of these opposing things. You know, Dr. Burks was giving a presentation recently and said, hey, we're going to have to do social distancing at least through the end of summer. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean in California we're still on house arrest or does that mean we all go back to work and we just shouldn't be holding hands? Um, you know, it's there's so much uncertainty. I would say, though, what a blessing it has been in Ventura County here that we have gotten off rather unscathed. I mean, even to date, we're, you know, we're recording this Monday, April 27th. To date, we have just under 500 total cases and already 55-ish percent of them, like 270 people, have already fully recovered. They only have, you know, maybe 20 people in the hospital. So we live in, a, in an area where with a decent population, the better part of 850,000 people, um, it hasn't been too bad. And, you know, so that's nice, but also that's a little disenfranchising and, and a little elusive, too, because it makes you think, well, it ain't that bad. Let's kind of get back to it. What's going on here versus being in a New York or New Jersey or one of these places where obviously it's been a lot worse. So it's certainly area by area. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it is. And it has been worse. And, uh, you know, you were telling me. Uh, and I had never, I wasn't familiar with this uh, movie, uh, but you told me <laughs> that you watched a movie a while back. There's a Bruce Willis, somehow I missed a Bruce Willis movie. I don't know how that happened. Oh, come on. Uh, you said you uh, you uh, compared what's going on, you know, we're trying to figure out a way to deal with the coronavirus. And you mentioned that things probably, will things ever get back to normal? Uh, it's probably going to be a new normal, the way we live our lives. And you said, yeah, what about the talking. movie Surrogate? But I had never seen that. What's the movie yeah, Surrogate Surrogate. About? Surrogates, 2009, Bruce Willis. Now, I didn't know what year, everybody. I had to Google that a few minutes ago. Surrogates. So it's, not, it's not like I'm such a, a raving fan of Bruce Willis, even though we have the, the same haircut. Um, <laughs> but Surrogates, what a weird movie. You know, at the time, I remember watching it years ago and thinking, this is this is the future. And the future is, is everybody has a artificial body that looks like them and they sit in a room at their house and control it. And they're always plugged into their surrogate that's out in the community. Well, surrogates don't get sick. Surrogates don't get hurt. Surrogates can fall off a cliff and they get a new one and start over. Um, so it's just kind of a funny premise that, you know, with the new normal they talk about, gosh, that sounds like one of the alternatives here at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to, we can stay in our houses and have our surrogates go out and do things for us. Exactly. So we can live vicariously through the, them, maybe. The ultimate video game. <laughs> See, now after this, you're going to have to go watch it. You're, you're going to have to spend two ninety nine on Amazon Prime or something and uh, get on that, Tony. All right, I will. That way we can talk more about it next time. <laughs> but, but basically, the theme is, you know, <laughs> the new normal. You know, what is the new normal going to be? Uh, they're talking about easing back into it, but the economy, they've got to do something. I think they're, you know, whether it's time yet or not, and you've, you've definitely given your opinion here on, on some of this stuff, uh, you know, about, about, can we be going back to work and having contact with each other? But the economy is just taking blow after blow. And I heard there's right. another four point some million, uh, yeah. jobless claims. So we're up to over 25 million unemployment. It went from, I read the stat this morning, it went from like uh, in um, in February uh, or March, it was the jobless number was, th the per jobless percentage, unemployment was at 
I believe, 3.7% or 3.75%, and yep. now it's 15 Yeah, it's incredible. It's over 15% unemployment right now. And they talk about this a lot in the media, you know, professionals about the debate of what is the right answer here? Is is economic damage outweighing the health crisis? But but the irony is, is there's so much health crisis linked to economic damage. They say statistically that every 1% increase in unemployment equals something like 40 to 50,000 unfortunate suicides in the country. I mean, what a scary statistic, right? Because as economic concerns exist and mental anxiety gets bigger because people are worried about jobs and paying bills and doing all these things, mental health becomes a separate issue. So there's a lot of challenges with all of this stuff, Tony. It's, it is very concerning. And it's, it's a balancing act. I mean, I was watching something this morning that was saying, hey, you know, we all focus on the idea of getting what they call this, this herd effect, this herd immu- immunity where over time enough people end up getting sick and developing antibodies that the herd, the big group, it's not too bad anymore because it's just been spread around. And this idea of quarantining and keeping people at home is not actually allowing that to happen. So, you know, it's kind of ironic. I realize the stay at home orders are designed about trying not to overwhelm hospitals, but you know, there, there's some, Many years ago, when the Federal Reserve was doing quantitative easing, as once again they are instantly again, um, they were more or less printing money in the good old days. And Warren Buffett said something that I thought was an interesting one-liner, and he said, we're in uncharted waters. You know, how do they print money and yeah. create inflation? We're in uncharted waters. And unfortunately, that's kind of where we are again, is this is the grandest experiment of all experiments, right? The country has never shut down like this. They've never done anything like this with a pandemic before to any great degree. Um, this is this is one of a kind. And there will be books, there will be movies, there will be history lessons on this someday. And who knows how it's going to play out at the moment. Obviously, there's a huge amount of uncertainty. There's some good things happening, right? The caseloads are mellowing out. I mean, I'm watching the global numbers and the global recovery rate is ticking back up again. It's a little over 28% when it was down to about 20% a few weeks ago. Sure. So that's good. Um, but there's still this stability in daily cases, which I find interesting, is the daily cases for over a month globally are still averaging about 80,000 cases. Those That hasn't really broken down. It'll spike up to 100. It'll go down to you know 70. But it's for at least a month or so, it's been averaging about 80,000 on average a day. So we're like the... When you look at the chart, we're at the the top of the bell curve, but the bell curve is not bending down. It's just kind of moving sideways. We're, sure. we're at a plateau. So who knows? You know, death rates are going down a little bit. Recovery rates are going up a little bit. Obviously, we've had a lot of mortality here in the United States, um, which is totally concerning. But even our recovery rate has perked up since this last time we had this conversation. It's teasing 12% all of a sudden. I think, Tony, when you and I last talked, we were at about 75 or 8%. So things are better, but things are still exhausting. They're still overwhelming. And now there's this massive debate, right? You know, what, what makes sense? I mean, heck, you know what's happening today, Tony? Oil is imploding again. You remember that a couple weeks ago? Oh, when yeah. When oil basically went to zero. Now, well, last week get, it went negative, right? Right. So people get this kind of confused on the way this works. Oil is a, when you trade commodities and look at commodity pricing, it's never really on this 
we'll say barrel of oil that's sitting in front of you. How much is that barrel? It's about on what the future price of it is. So what would the future price of it be in May, in June, in July? And all of these are predictions based on demand. You know, what do they think? You know, like normally going into summer, what do we think? We think there's more traveling and more entertainment and people moving around. So therefore, generally the price of oil would be higher. But if everyone's on house arrest, what happens? There is no demand. Basically, right now, what do we do with all our oil? There's so much oil because the producers keep producing that every storage facility is full. They, they, they must have like, you know, just like punch pitchers of oil sitting on their desks now. They got nowhere to put this stuff. Um, you know, it's crazy. They're filling up their bathtubs. There's oil everywhere. So oil imploded last week for May. And now all of a sudden we're, we're back to the same exercise. Oil, as we're having this conversation, is down like 30% today, I think on June pricing, simply because, dude, we got a lot of oil people. I read something, Tony, the other day that said they would literally need to stop, physically stop all oil production, 100% of it, for like three to four months to normalize things again. Oh, I mean, there is such a glut here. You got problems. Yeah. Now, the best part of the show is that I drove by Chevron the other day, and I'll, you know, I'll give it to you. Chevron's generally a little more expensive because they got the Tecron, right? It's supposed to clean your valve heads or something. Oh, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. So you pay extra. But the cheap stuff, the 87 octane here was uh, $3.15 the other day when I drove by. Wow. I thought, geez, that's kind of funny. You know, there's parts of the country where oil is less than a buck. They yep. can't give the stuff away here in the near future. And proud to be a Californian. Yeah. We love the, to pay too much. There's a spot uh, near where my son goes to college that uh, it was 89 cents again. I mean, come on. I, I know. Last we, week. We, yeah. We're like a buck higher than than Hawaii, and Hawaii has to get their oil and gas on a submarine. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, if, you know, geez, Louise. Hey, but we got the we got the nice weather. The problem is now it turns out sharks will eat you here, so maybe the nice weather isn't worth it. Yeah. Wow. Well, we've we've had some doom and gloom here, but you know, I mean, there are things. Our economy was strong. It can go back. It, it can get back there. Well, and it will. It will. I am a huge advocate that in the foreseeable future, whether that's 12 months, 18 months, this market is going to all time highs. Things will normalize. Things will get better. They will. We're in the trenches of it. You know, what's funny is um, the stock market is a fascinating creature, right? It is it's a lot of math, a lot of algorithms, a lot of trading. Uh, these days, I always joke in meetings that the stock market has become like the movie The Terminator where the machines take over and ruin everything. <laughs> and in the last few years, those machines take over a lot. They look at certain averages and certain charts and algorithms and guidelines. And every time a line is broken, the computer kicks in and sells a bunch of stuff. So computers, not humans pushing buttons, or you freaking out and selling your Apple stock today, the computers have created a lot of volatility in the last number of years in the stock market. And so I like to follow the charts. I like to follow the rules. And it was interesting because even in March, the market became what we would coin as what's called an oversold market. One of the simplest indicators, Tony, is the RSI, the relative strength indicator. When that thing breaks what they call the 30 line, you've got an oversold market. It just means that things have moved too fast, too crazy. People are too desperate to get out. The momentum down was too nutter butter. And... 
you know, that generally can be a good buying signal. In fact, we did rebalance some accounts for our more aggressive clients at that time period. And from then the market went back up. You have the opposite effect when you're following a relative strength indicator. And that is what they call the 70 line. So when you go all the way up and break that 70 line, now you have an overbought market. That's where things are too hot, too heavy. Everyone's getting too excited, too desperate to be in. And so normally when you're following market trends, you can kind of see this, you know, if everybody's just getting too bonkers about this, you know, okay, you see it on the RSI. Well, the most interesting thing about the market right now is if you follow the market for the last couple of weeks, it really hasn't done anything. It, it trades between the Dow's trading between 23,000 and 24,000. You've got like 10 or 12 trading days of basically it moving sideways. And that pesky relative strength indicator, you know, once again, shows oversold, overbought markets. It's been sitting right at the 50. 50 is 50-50. It's average. It's right in the middle. And that's the toughest time to give you any basic technical indication of a market because it's 50-50, right? There's no, there's no bias to there's been too much buying or too much selling. And so it's funny because to me, this is the toughest time of the market. It's not a month ago when the market was in a free fall. That's upsetting, but things always bounce back. Now that the market has bounced back halfway, now the market is a little more fairly valued. It's a little more practical. Things make a little more sense. And now we're back to fundamentals. How are these companies doing? What is the economic data? What is the rationale that should drive the market up or down? in the short and long term. Oh, I feel like I'm talking a lot, Tony. I'm sorry. I got all fired up. I, you know, I, I was closing my eyes and thinking of, you know, RSI trend lines and thinking, Oh my God. Well, I mean, it I is, bet, well, it is wealth talk. Is just it is wealth talk radio seats. and you're going to talk about things to help us build our wealth or I know, hang on just, to it. Right. Well, it's just funny because it, it's how people perceive things. Like I said, when the market was crashing back in March, that was more upsetting to people in a sense. That was more concerning um, to me. Yeah, that stinks, but it's nice because you can understand it from a technical standpoint, how stupid it was. Whereas you come to a time period like this, it's much harder to make a technical decision of what's happening because everything is now just fairly valued. And so now we're back to fundamentals. We're back to how will earnings be over the next few weeks? We're back to what is the second quarter GDP really going to be? Or, you know, retail sales, which were the worst on record last week, stuff like that. Um, so it's funny because now that we're to a fairly valued market, I, I hate to be party pooper, but I am a big advocate of the market probably trending back down simply because everything sucks, right? The information out there is unpleasant, unexciting. Now we have a, we have a curveball in this conversation though. What do we go? We need, should we call the fed the big brother? We need like a new name for the fed. The, um, I don't know, but anyways, big brother steps in right in the, in the last week of March, the feds came out with quantitative easing for basically they're buying bonds. They're creating stability. I, I jokingly saw someone call it a QE forever, which was because they put an un, undetermined timer amount of money on this at this point that, the Fed, uh, they're just going to save us. They're, the the government, you know, is now making the argument the stock market and all this stuff is too big to fail. And so even though rational thought would dictate the market should go down, as long as Big Brother is there buying everything and every distressed asset and every concerning item, 
Well, hot diggity dog, Tony, who cares? You know, they're going to save us. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. You know, it's interesting though, uh, to continue on my, my crazy banter here is we track uh, debt to GDP ratios. Debt to GDP is kind of like, think of it from a personal standpoint. Your debt is how much money you owe as a consumer. How much is your car payment, your mortgage payment, and your GDP is your income. So if you make $4,000 a month, but you have $5,000 in bills, well, you got a problem, right? Yeah. You're upside down. Yep. Same exercise with the government is, you know, what is the debt to GDP ratios? And not that long ago, we were at about 105%, which is high, but compared to like China, who's at 300% or something, you know, not as ugly. Greece went out of business at about 130%. And what I thought was interesting over the weekend, I checked because our, our, our debt is increasing a lot, right? All this intervention, the, the, the spending deficit is up huge all of a sudden. And our debt to GDP ratio just, just skyrocketed to 130%. Yikes. Yikes is right. Now it's funny because we can talk about stock markets today. We can talk about things today, but this is like the someday problem, right? You know, this is the like, well, we got to deal with what we got in front of us, but this will be the problem we got to deal with someday. You know, how do you deal with that without not raise rising taxes or mm -hmm. something like that? Yeah. It's crazy. It is. It so, is. So nice. how do we, how do we deal with this? I mean, you've helped your clients come up with plans uh, that are in place to deal with a lot of what's sure. going on where uh, they don't need to worry about uh, the markets dropping exponentially because they're properly allocated or have a balance. Uh, they might have some money that's uh, safer and they might have some money that's in the markets at risk or you're doing Roth conversions. That's one answer, right? Well, Roth conversion is definitely something we look at when someone's income has changed. Not sure. all of our clients' incomes has changed, but if your income has gone down this year for XYZ reasons, a Roth can be a very powerful play to beat the tax code a little bit. But the reality is you have to be vigilant with your money. You need to have an income plan, a cash flow plan. You need to know how you're going to manage your own assets to make yourself more immune from these investment cycles, from these government issues that they're having. I mean, here sitting in front of me is a annual statement from a fixed index annuity that a, a client of mine has. So, uh, we use annuities to generate income and safety and stability. Obviously we, we invest money in the stock market. We do a lot of different things, hence our red money, green money conversations. So I'm not a, I'm not an advocate of just buying an annuity willy nilly. <clears throat> it is something we work backwards on and we say, okay, person is missing a thousand bucks a month of income at this time period. So we can back up in today's dollars and say, how much do I need to invest today in this asset to generate a thousand dollars a month with no risk? That's kind of how we use an annuity. But this annual statement here, it's funny because what has happened recently, the stock market crashed and here's this annual statement and the account value did not go down and the money they made their interest credited is zero. You know, and all of a sudden, the world's most boring investment becomes the world's most interesting investment. Yeah, bummer, over one one year later, they didn't make any money, but they didn't lose any money, Tony. You know, where, where a lot of people in this world are sitting still down, you know, 15, maybe even 20% from the, the highs, this account's just goose-egged for the year. And, you know, that's the, the reality is, is 
you never take market risk with your income. You take market risk with your long-term money, the things that will hedge against inflation, hedge against taxes going up, hedge against you accidentally living too long. We take risk with people's money there all the time. But when it comes to that monthly paycheck, the cash flow that you need, if you risk that money, you have a problem. I mean, put it in perspective. If your social security is linked to the stock market, meaning the stock market goes down and your social security check goes down, Tony, are you a happy camper? Um, no. No, you're not, right? So not at all. why would you ever link your income to the stock market if you have that kind of a risk? So anyways, hey, oh, you know what? I got a good uh, announcement. Jeez Louise. So we're, we're trying our first ever online go to meeting seminar next week. It's Thursday, May 7th at 12 noon. We're going to be sending out a mass email to our, our whole database, to our clients. Um, so I'm not sure if all listeners would be in that database, but if you're interested in um, being on that, it's just going to be kind of an economic update. It's going to be a PowerPoint presentation uh, going through some basics of retirement income planning. So this is our first stab at doing a digital seminar. So I'm a little scared. I'm a little nervous, but I'm also excited. <laughs> this is going to be cool. Um, if that's something you're interested in being involved with, shoot us an email. Uh, visit us, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. Just go to the contact us page. Say, hey, I want to you know, be on the webinar next week kind of a thing. And um, let us know. And we'll get you on there and we'll make sure everybody's signed up. And if you if you can't attend at that date and time, we're going to attempt to record this thing. So it's something that we can also push out to you when it's more convenient for you to view it. So just let us know. But but call us 805-500-7035, 805-500-7035. Visit our main website, thelindgroup.com, Lind, L-Y-N-D. But yeah, you know, if you want to come uh, learn a little more, um, kind of maybe see my ugly mug if you haven't seen it in a while or never seen it. Ooh. Um, just think Bruce Willis and surrogates and <laughs> there we are. Well, I think that's great. And, you know, obviously there are a lot of strategies to be used. I mean, people want to look at what their tax implications are going to be once they hit retirement and right. what's happening to the retirement accounts right now should is now the time to make a move because of where we're at. And so I, I think there are a lot of opportunities for people out there. If you work with a trusted financial professional, a fiduciary is going to look out for your best interests. And right. that's why you're doing virtual meetings. You're willing to to meet with people even during this time. So once again, how do they get a hold of you to do that? Yeah, I mean, the easiest thing, obviously, pick up the phone, 805-500-7035, and visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. Obviously, you can contact us there. You can request a copy of my books, um, whatever's easy for you. But yeah, like Tony said, if you need to set up a phone conference, a webinar, whatever's easy, let's chitty chat, complimentary, uh, no-cost consultation. We will start working on building a retirement income plan for you. That gives you some immunity against the, the crazy world we live in. All right. Sounds great. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Wealth Puzzle with our host, Michael Mansfield. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805 500 
888-789-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lind Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lind Group LLC. The Lind Group LLC and the Lind Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lind Group LLC the Lynn Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.